to Hotter Than Health, episode 72. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call. And if you don't know what that is, then I'm sure that you will by the end of this episode. Like I said, this is episode 72. Last week, we had an amazing podcast. It's definitely catered more towards like moms and females and anyone who's focusing on eating a little bit healthier, navigating their way through diet change, weight loss, finding that balance. A lot of it is for moms and maybe people in their like late 20s to early 40s. I would say that was be the target demographic. So make sure you go check that out. It's the 29 Minute Mom podcast. Couple of spots in the podcast are a little bit in and out and spotty. So sorry about that. I have no idea what to do about that. I didn't record it, but either way it is, um, super valuable. So if you're a mom or if you're, if you have kids and you're trying to figure out what to feed them, if you are trying to reduce your bloat and trying to just incorporate some healthy little tips into your lifestyle, highly recommend listening to it. It's an easy listen. Um, pretty specific going into tips. All right. So today's podcast, um, we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting because I get questions on that all the time. I've done a few episodes on it before, so definitely reach back. I'm not going to go all the way in depth into it, but I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience and like what you can expect from it and kind of just the ins and outs of intermittent fasting. And we're also going to be talking about proper food combining, but specific to what kind of recipes you could be integrating into your day-to-day, whether you eat meat, whether you don't, whether um, you're just now trying it out. So this is kind of just going to be... a good takeaway episode. So if you're new to the podcast, this is a really good one to start with because we're going to go through specifics. You're going to have not homework, but like you're going to have some things that you can take home. And if you know of anybody who's been suffering with fatigue, digestive issues, any type of bloat, then this will be great. Um, excuse me, I keep hiccuping because I'm on my second cup of coffee. I'm currently drinking out of my, one of, one of my three titty mugs now. Why is it that this is the third time someone's given me a cup with boobs on it? I like, I don't have big boobs. I, I love them. I think they're amazing. I mean, boobs are great, but I just, I, I keep getting these mugs as gifts and two of them are shaped like boobs. They're the best things I've ever gotten. One of them just has a bunch of different boobs around them. I've got a purse with boobs all over it. It's, it's kind of a theme in my life. So, um, maybe this podcast has taken a turn for, uh, the dirtier. Cause I know that all I do is get sponsored by lubes and boobs and you know, all that good stuff. Speaking of that, Before we get into intermittent fasting and proper food combining, I wanted to give you guys two codes. I have, I have truly not worked with that many brands. Uh, The only brands that I work with are either brands that I've reached out to and been like, yo, I already buy your products so much and I use them and people ask me questions about them all the time. Can I please have a code? And they'll set me up with them. Um, But one that I, two that I really, really, really recommend just for the health and wellness perspective. Um, one is going to be blender bombs. And I know I've talked about this a bunch of times, but people ask me every day, like what a snack is that they can have in their car, something that they can have. They'll talk about bars. Everyone's like, Oh, I eat go macro bars. Or I eat quest bars. I would recommend blender bombs over any of those they're not as high in protein but they're also not as high in calories so they're like 150 approximately 150 calories they've got essential fats they've got a lot of fiber they've got um, a low glycemic index even though they have dates so don't be freaked out at that and I just truly respect their brand they have 
all natural ingredients. There's no preservatives. There's no natural flavors. There's nothing in there that I wouldn't, if I had babies, like there's nothing in there that I wouldn't feed them. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, so I trust all their products. They gave me a code. It's Eliza G 15. So you actually get 15% off. So highly recommend using that one for the granola or the blender bombs. Right now I have the goji berry acai ones and the cacao coffee. They're awesome and I eat them alone. I like those flavors because I don't mix them with anything. I don't put peanut butter on them. I kind of just heat them up. Sometimes I'll put them in milk or whatever. But Eliza G15 is the code that you would use at checkout. So if you want to support the podcast without me like selling ads or anything, that is genuinely something I use all the time. And I just love Helen and I love their brand, what they stand for and their ingredients. Another code would be for this CBD that I've been using. And if you follow me on Instagram at Eliza G underscore fitness, that CBD, the CBD social, it is the only one that I've ever found that has truly worked. Um, I've worked with a couple of CBD brands who have sent me a ton of product. They've sent me coffee. I did a giveaway, like all of those things. They worked well. I, I genuinely, I liked them a lot, but CBD social has been the only one. And I don't know if it's because the dosing, dosing is just better or they use different strands of CBD, but it's the only one that has calmed my nerves and anxiety. And I, I genuinely, I don't love to throw that word anxiety around loosely, but I don't think I really knew what anxiety was until the last maybe three months. So you can listen back on other episodes. We talk about anxiety and kind of just the, I don't know, it's just this bitter shakingness and you wake up with a fast heartbeat. Everything triggers you. I've been super sensitive and I don't know what exactly is going on in my life that I'm, that's neither here nor there. But the CBD brand that I've been using is uh, CBD Social and I have been using their sleep oil, I've been using their CBD water, and their full spectrum. The CBD sleep oil is the one that I would really, really recommend. I don't need a bunch of gummies. I would rather eat other food. So I don't really chew on the gummies. I just put this under my tongue before I go to bed after I brush my teeth and I'll do like a full vial of it, a full tincture. And this is a 3000 milligram. So it's a stronger milligram and I'm not kidding. It's just really been a great experience. So Eliza G10 is one that you can use if you again want to support the podcast. Um, okay. That is enough about codes. So we're going to start first with intermittent fasting and this is for men it's for women it's for teenagers it's for whoever but again this isn't medical advice this isn't me telling you to do it this is just like my experience and what you can expect from it so intermittent fasting is in a nutshell just the timing of what you eat throughout the day Um, and what I mean by that is choosing a specific window to eat your food. A really popular window to choose is 16 and eight, meaning that you fast for 16 hours a day and then uh, for eight hours of the day, that's your eating window. That's a pretty common time. So a lot of the times people will uh, do, you know, let's just say you sleep for eight hours, then that way you only have four hours. No, not four. Then you have eight hours throughout the day that you're not eating and then later throughout the day, that's when you can open up your block. So if I were to do it, um, if I like to do more of an extended fast, which I typically, I typically don't do, um, every couple of months I'll do a 24 hour fast. I kind of want to get into doing that once a month, doing a full 24 hour water fast, just because it's great for, um, 
it's really great for if you're not on your period or if you're not on the week before your period. It's a good way to detoxify. It's a great way to give your body a break and kind of reset. A uh, good way to heal mitochondria, cell repair, great way to sleep, kind of just get rid of that internal sludge, mucus buildup, all of that. A little good, better for lymphatic drainage, depuffing. So um, I definitely want to get into that. But if you're just wanting to start with intermittent fasting, then here's some tips and tricks um, that. I have found helpful. So if you're starting out, I would start with a smaller fast, especially for women. Um, since women do need to naturally hold on to a little more essential fat, we were uh, created more as like a hunter-gatherer. So whereas, or I mean, as, as a forager, whereas men are hunter-gatherer, men can go on extended fasts a little bit more smoothly than women can. Um, so men's hormones fluctuate on a 24-hour basis, whereas females, we have like a 28-day moon cycle. So it's going to be different for women and men. You know, women might really struggle with a 12 or 16 or 18-hour fast, whereas men might be like, oh yeah, I forgot I haven't eaten in 24 hours. Like, assholes. So for women, just be really careful. Listen to your body. Track your cycle. You don't want to be doing this the week of your menstrual cycle just because your hormones you you want to give your body a break you kind of want to listen to your body the week of your period you don't want to um be stressing it out too much so if you are at an opportune time let's say it's two weeks before your cycle and you want to start with intermittent fasting you could always try a 12 or 14 hour fast so maybe you have your last meal at seven and you you know go to bed at nine so then you have eight hours of sleep that's already been you know what is that? 10 hours. And so then you have two hours when you wake up. So maybe you eat around 9am. That's a great extended fast to start with. That way you don't really miss out on too many important meals. You're not really stressing about, you know, how am I going to go throughout the whole entire day without eating? And you're not spiking your insulin. So you're not crashing and craving more. So you kind of just like wake up feeling not not starved, but you wake up with that flat belly feeling. You wake up feeling energized. You wake up without that bloat. You don't taste garlic in your mouth from the night before. You you are just a little bit more restful because your body hasn't been prioritizing digesting all night. Your body's been prioritizing uh, cell repair, muscle growth, fat loss, all of those different types of things that are going on in your brain. Um, that's really when your human growth, growth hormone is at its highest. Um, and so that's also going to help you build muscle and burn fat, if that's something that you're looking into, then intermittent fasting, just in a sense of making sure that you're maybe eating like one to two hours before bed, one to two hours after you wake up, giving your body that nice opportunity to um, heal itself from the inside out. That's how I kind of started. And then um, some of the benefits of intermittent fasting, like I was just talking about, definitely great for muscle repair and muscle gain. A lot of people think, okay, well, I work out all the time and I'm starving and I need to eat every you know, 15 minutes in order to not lose my gains. One, that's bullshit. Two, just give yourself a break. I mean, we're not training for the Olympics. 99% of the people listening to this podcast who are finding this relevant, we're not training for the Olympics, okay? And honestly, with the coronavirus, the Olympics might be canceled anyways. So sorry to burst your bubble. You can try intermittent fasting if you want to, and you're not going to like lose your ass, okay? All that's going to happen is maybe you have better skin, hair, nails, and you feel more energy. Oh my God. Um, all right. So 
a couple of the benefits that you might find from intermittent fasting would be things that I have found are that um, I do have a little bit more energy throughout the day. I'm a little bit more focused. When I eat all throughout the day, let's say I'm eating a lot of carbs or I start my day with carbohydrates or um, just fruit, it's usually fine, but I do find that I'm kind of crashing and craving all throughout the day unless I pair it with some type of essential fat. So if you are intermittent fasting and you really want your cup of coffee in the morning, let's say you have your last meal at 6 p.m., you wake up at 6 a.m., and then you're like, well, I still have four more hours. You still want to have your cup of coffee. What I will do is I'll get full fat coconut cream and I'll put that in my coffee. I'll still drink my um, 32 ounces of room temperature water in the morning with a pinch of pink Himalayan sea salt. And I know 32 ounces of water might seem like a lot, but when you are doing this extended fast, you're still wanting to replenish all those nutrients and all the, uh, you still want to allow your body to detoxify. The whole point of an intermittent fast is to allow your body that chance to detoxify itself. So if you're flushing it out with water, uh, if, if lemon water doesn't really trigger you to spike your insulin, and if you have really low insulin levels, that's great. Then have some lemon in your water if you feel like it, get some vitamin C, a little pinch of pink Himalayan sea salt. That's a great thing to add into a fast. And then in your coffee, I like to do a full teaspoon, maybe two teaspoons of full fat coconut cream. Oh, excuse me. Full fat, full fat coconut cream. I'll sometimes still do my adaptogens, whether it's ashwagandha, whether it's like mucuna perens, whatever kind of adaptogen I'm using at that time. And I'll put that in my coffee, a ton of cinnamon, and it's still that creamy, frothy coffee. But since there's no carbs and no sugar within the coffee, it's not spiking my insulin and it's not making me break my fast. So check your creamer, check your coffee, check whatever type of ingredients you're putting into your coffee. Because if you're doing things like French vanilla creamer, then chances are it's going to take you out of that full functioning fat burning state and it's going to put you more into a carb burning sugar burning state which is super easy so you want your body to be burning fat not carbohydrates during your intermittent fast so throughout the night if it's already burned up most of its carbohydrates then then it's going to start um, burning fat for fuel once morning starts after about 12 14 hours again i'm not a doctor but this is just based on my research and my experiences So that's how I like to start my day, making sure that I have my room temperature water with pink sea salt before intermittent fasting. Um, If you are doing intermittent fasting, but you are trying to meet a specific caloric intake, let's say, for instance, I'm, let's say 125 pounds, but I am constantly active. I work out, you know, a moderate to intense amount five to six days per week. So my caloric intake is going to be a little higher. I like to hit around 1800 calories or maybe even more on some days, Um, 1800 to 2000 on some days if I'm trying to like put on a little bit of muscle. Otherwise it's around like 17 to 1900. But again, that's just me. I already, I I know my body. I know how to track it. This is specific to me. Um, I know that within my eating window, if I am intermittent fasting, I know that within my eating window, I need to be hitting that amount. So I do try and prioritize. Maybe I'll do a little nut butter. Maybe I'll do um, like on my blender bomb if I heat that up for dessert. I'll do a little scoop of nut butter on top of it. Even though I'm not like a huge nut butter fan, still a great dense uh 
form of calories. I can also do things like avocado toast. You could do things like sweet potato. If you eat um, animal proteins, eggs are a great way to, to get to that spot. You could do shrimp. You could do tofu, edamame, lots of different things, but just make sure that you are tracking your calories. If weight loss is your goal, then you want to slight be in a slight deficit. So this might be a good opportunity for you to do so because you're not stressing about eating all throughout the day for a full 12 hours. Like in, in, what am I trying to say? What are the words? Um, in <laughs> like caveman time, I'm an idiot. In caveman time, when women were foraging for nuts and berries and seeds and things like that, they were able to kind of nosh and snack throughout the day intermittently, right? So the women were typically um, doing those types of things, foraging, doing like consistent work all throughout the day, consistent eating throughout the day, whereas the men would go out, they would kind of hide in the shadows, lurk, hunt, chill. They'd be sedentary for a little bit while they were on the prowl. Like their fight or flight was still on, but they were still hunting. They were on the prowl and then they would find their find their prey and then they would go for it. So they would only catch maybe one animal or um, one bit of prey every day or two or three days. So it's not normal for you guys or any of us to be consuming big meals of protein every single day, every meal of the day. That's just not the way our bodies function. So allowing your body a little bit of that grazing time um, is really important. But if you're using that grazing time and you're just like feasting down on these huge animal proteins, then just be careful of how you're doing that. Your body really wasn't mechanically meant to devour just these carnal meals all throughout the day. So intermittent fasting is a pretty natural form of fat burning, fat loss. Um, If that makes sense, then I mean, I hope it does. Um, So one other thing to go along with intermittent fasting, like I said, hydration is super important. So make sure that you're hydrating throughout the day. Make sure that you aren't just using coffee or Adderall or whatever you think, whatever substance you think you may use to kind of a non- appetite like an appetite suppressant we don't need that you know um if you're doing this intermittent fast properly then it's not that terrible (laughs) like it's really not that bad um if you are into human design and you are into figuring out uh what types of meals and what type of energy you need and what type of energy you exert If you are into human design, if you're a projector like myself, I know a lot of my friends are projectors and we'll go into this on the next podcast episode. So if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, don't worry about it. But if you are a projector and you know your human design, um, then intermittent fasting is actually not the best thing for you. Maybe a shorter fast would be a better goal for you. So maybe, maybe a 12 or 14 hour fast at most. And I've found that that really works for me. So 12 or 14 hours, Um, as a projector for me really works. Some people can go really well on like 16 to 18 hour fasts and then they just have large, large meals throughout. And again, ladies, if you're trying to get like your husband or your boyfriend or significant other brother to, you know, find a way to not, not change his diet, change his lifestyle, change his workout routine, but you might recognize that maybe your husband doesn't eat breakfast or as soon as he's done eating dinner, he doesn't really snack a lot. So kind of giving him some of the information, okay, it's this is really great for muscle repair. It's really great for sleep. It's really great for energy levels. It's great for regularity, inflammation. Um, lots of guys get really sore. They typically have more, more muscle, a larger stature. So 
things like arthritis, things like carpal tunnel, things like joint pain, all those types of internal inflammation triggers, those are really great um, indicators that you might have a little bit of inflammation going on inside as most of us do. So intermittent fasting, especially for men, is a really great way to kind of quell some of that internal inflammation. So if your husband is like, I don't need any of that hippie bullshit, blah, 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 which, okay, I'm not exaggerating here. I hear that constantly. So F off. And if that's something that you hear, then this might be a good opportunity to, you know, just just ease him into it. You don't have to say, hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do this. Just say, hey, I know that I don't really snack after I eat dinner and I don't really eat breakfast that late or that early. So I think I'm just going to try intermittent fasting. Um, do you want me to put some heavy coconut cream in your coffee in the morning? That way we can do it together. So kind of just like easing him into it, easing your person into it. It doesn't have to be a guy, whoever. But That's a really nice way of kind of informing people on some of the benefits and letting them make their own decision as opposed to just thrusting it upon them. I can tell you from experience that making people or like forcing people into diet change or lifestyle change, it ain't going to work, babe. It's not going to work. You just have to let them non-judgmentally make their own decisions. And I'm guilty of it too. I get so passionate and excited and I just, I'm like, oh, I know you would feel so much better if you just did this, but that's just not the way the world works. If someone told me what to do, I give them the middle finger and I would walk right away be like and but then I'd read an article and I'd do it on my own so I'm stubborn all right so that's intermittent fasting I get questions on that all the time listen to your body if you know that intermittent fasting doesn't feel good for you and you've tried doing it properly then of course go to a doctor or then you can talk about different kinds of caloric restrictions or you can talk about different kind of workouts or maybe it's your sleep patterns maybe it is your stress levels maybe it's your intake of caffeine maybe you're not pooping enough let's talk and again if it's nutrition and you have questions you want coaching and guidance and stuff like that always book on my website and we can go through through it from there it's at eliza g no that's my instagram you can go to eliza g fitness and health.com she is fluid today then the next subject that we're going to talk about a little bit is proper food combining and if you look back on recent episodes or even just my first few episodes this is kind of just this is it's taken me aback that so many of you guys are so interested in proper food combining it makes me so happy Mm. i'm drinking my ashwagandha coffee right now um it, it makes me really excited knowing that you all have questions about this and you're interested um because it really is something so simple that once you learn how it feels then truly it's you can't look at food the same way and not in an unhealthy way. It's just more of a, you know, that these foods might not pair well together. It's not like, oh, this is a bad food. This is a good food. It's just the way that they are together. Maybe, maybe isn't going to be great for your digestion. Um, and this is, this is for everybody. This isn't just for people who have trouble with digestion, but this is people who maybe need a little bit more energy or people that are just, you know, they need something a little more slim, simplistic. They don't need to be falling asleep right after their meal. Um, this is for people who are on the go a lot. This is for people who truly do just want to uncover some natural energy that they want to feel in their life. That will a lot of the times come from digestion. So proper food combining, I'll just give you a couple of the rules. You guys can Google it or listen back to other episodes. Um, What proper food combining is in a nutshell is it is just 
not changing what you're eating, but it's changing the order in which you're eating your foods. So by that, I mean pairing different types of foods together, which digest in the same environment in your gut. Let me give you an example. We hear the example all the time, Americans love meat and potatoes, right? So those two foods combined, a potato, which is a starch carb, and then a steak, which is uh, animal protein, those two things need different environments in your body to break down. So if you think about it, meat is really tough. It's hard to digest, hard to break down. You need a more acidic environment. Whereas with potatoes, which is a starch, you need a more alkaline environment. So if you have two foods that are trying to digest and they need different environments, it's like it's like putting a polar bear in Los Angeles. It just doesn't work. Oh, I just made that up. I love that. And it's also like putting, you know, um, I, I've run out of good ones. That was that was pretty great. So we're gonna stick with that. It's like putting a polar bear in Los Angeles. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. It's not gonna be comfortable. You want to pair foods that go well together and need the same environment to um, to digest. So birds of a feather flock together, right? So one <clears throat> excuse me, one rule of proper food combining, and this is probably the top rule as far as digestion goes, and this is a big one for lunchtime. Um, I love fruit. Fruit is good for you. It is sugar, yes, but it's also wrapped in fiber, so it's going to digest. It's not going to spike your insulin the same way as like a Snickers bar would. So if you're scared of eating fruit, just go for low glycemic fruit like dark berries, you know, things like that. So one thing about fruit is that it digests faster than any other food that there is. So if you're eating fruit after you've had a sandwich or a hot dog or chicken salad or whatever you have for lunch, then that fruit is going to cause a lot of indigestion. It's going to cause gas and it's going to cause bloating. Reason for that being, if fruit digests faster than any other food and you're trying to put it on top of slow digesting food like chicken salad, then that fruit is going to be racing down, trying to digest faster than that chicken salad. So it's going to be like, oh, let me get around you chicken salad if it's in your lower intestine. And it's going to take, you know, it's going to be a little bit aggressive. It's going to try and get around, which is going to cause some gas. It's going to cause some bloating and some irritability. So if you are eating fruit, since it's such a high vibrational, you know, light food, you want to be doing it in the morning anytime before like 12 or noon and you want to have it on a completely empty stomach so maybe at least like an hour away from other meals if you give that if you give your body time then the fruit will have already absorbed and by the time you go to eat something else you'll be totally fine having fruit on an empty stomach is huge especially because things like pears and apples and melon those ferment really really fast um so again some of those sugars in your system might cause a little bit of gas bloating and indigestion especially if they're mixed with the wrong environment so eat fruit on an empty stomach Try not to drink water with your meals. I preach about this constantly. If you are going to drink water with your meals, let it be like a hot water with lemon so that it doesn't stifle or cool down your digestive tract. So it also is not going to clear out any of your digestive enzymes. If you're going to do water, make sure that it's like 10 minutes before your meal or maybe 20 to 25 minutes after your meal that's always what I like to do even if I'm like oh that's so salty I need water I need water I'll maybe have a sip but I truly 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 try and wait 10 20 minutes after my meal 
Um, and then again, like I said, you don't want to pair your meats with a starch. So if you're going to do an animal protein like eggs or fish, shrimp, or a steak, chicken, ugh, chicken, anything like that, then you want to make sure that you're pairing it with a leafy green or some type of vegetable. And that's always a really great way to pair. Just know that leafy greens and vegetables can go with anything, not things like sweet potatoes. That's more of a starch. So things like avocado toast, that is a duo that is here to stay. So you can do things like avocado you, with plant-based foods. It's a little bit easier because a lot of those things do need the same environment to digest. Animal proteins are a little bit different. So if you're doing a piece of salmon, then saute some asparagus. You could have like maybe a little bit of quinoa, but saute some asparagus have some different kinds of vegetables going on on the plate that's always a really great way to go have some artichokes have some um you know whatever you want to have and if you really want that feeling of having a pasta you could do some um, hearts of palm palmini pasta or you could do some zoodles those are always really great substitutes for those carbohydrates and this is not to say that you can't have carbohydrates on different parts of the day like you don't have to change your macronutrient intake you just need to change around what kind of environment they're being absorbed in so things like avocado toast are really great. I'm gonna give you guys some examples of foods that are great together. So things like black beans and rice, things like avocado toast on maybe sourdough bread is really great. Uh, you could do a nice piece of salmon with sauteed spinach. You could do bok choy. That's one of my absolute favorites. I still do eat a little bit of seafood, so sometimes I'll do some sardines over a huge salad. I'll do um, like some pumpkin seeds for some iron, some magnesium, a little bit of extra protein and fat, and then I'll do sardines, which are great in omega-3s and I will do a little bit of olive oil just a tiny bit of olive oil over mixed greens some maybe mushrooms definitely some sun-dried tomatoes some avocado so you're still having a little bit of that fat but not a ton of that starchy carbohydrate in your salad so nix things like sweet potatoes for your salad if it has fish on it um if you want something warm to go on top of that, saute some vegetables and throw that on there. So you could saute some zucchini, some onions, some garlic, throw it on top of the sardines. They're amazing. And if you don't like sardines, then you could add some shrimp to it. Um, breading shrimp is going to be tough because you're getting that bread and that starch and that carbohydrate on top of the shrimp. So try and avoid things like breaded shrimp if you are focusing on proper food combining techniques. Um, one of my favorite, favorite recipes to go by is... Uh, one of it's called dal it's like an Indian dish and it's lentils it's coconut milk it's a little bit of rice sometimes I'll use a different grain but that's really all it is it's a bunch of different Indian spices it's lentils curry and then a ton of vegetables it's got a ton of spinach mushrooms tomatoes it's got carrots celery kind of that whole mirepoix and then you let it sit and it makes like 10 different servings it's so hearty it's so good it's been a little bit chilly here in charleston so that's a really good one black beans and rice with a little bit of avocado that way you're getting all your essential amino acids which are the building blocks for protein um shrimp and a stir fry with bok choy snap peas carrots broccoli with some coconut aminos in there are a, such that's such a great great option um, you could do brown rice and a bunch of vegetables you can do quinoa if you're trying to get a little bit more protein so those are all things that are packed with protein that are plant-based if you are indulging and you want to have maybe that um, 
If you want to maybe have that burger, maybe just don't do it with a bun. Or if you are going to have a steak, then have it with greens on the side or have it with some, yeah, have it with some broccoli. Like if you're at a steakhouse, maybe just enjoy the steak and have some greens and maybe leave the French fries for later on or earlier in the day. Um, so those are just a couple of proper food combining techniques that I would recommend. Uh, for kids, you could do things like oatmeal and not berries, but you could do bananas because it's a slower digesting fruit. We won't get too much into that, but a little bit of banana and maybe a little bit of nut butter. That's a super dense uh, meal for kids. That's great. You could do things like crackers and hummus. You could do things like... Um, cucumber and hummus or cucumbers and guacamole or you could even do things if your kids like uh, if you want to do more of an animal protein you could do some hard-boiled eggs with some cucumbers on the side or some you know raspberries earlier in the day and then your you could do like a soft scrambled egg later on with some dairy-free cheese you know how we're not doing jerry you know so Those are just a couple of different tips that I have for you for proper food combining and for intermittent fasting. If this sounds redundant for anybody, I am sorry, but these are the questions that I get on a constant basis. Um, And just to give you some idea for next week's episode, not next week, but hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I really want to interview this girl. Her name is Courtney Ostrowski, and she is a human design guru. I've talked about human design on other podcasts. I think it was like six months ago, maybe more. If you don't know what human design is, please Google it. All you need to know is the time that you were born in. And if you don't know that, you can call the hospital or you can ask your parents, say, hey, what time was I born? I was born at 3.30 a.m. If anybody was wondering, I'm a projector. It truly is going to help you understand your energy as a being. This is more than just... um, like zodiac symbols, if you're an Aries or if you're a Sagittarius, whatever. Um, it's more than that. It's more than your horoscope. It's more than figuring out your dosha and Ayurvedic medicine. Those are all important, but this one is more based in science and it's more, um, it, it, it truly can elevate the way that you live your life and can truly help you find a little bit more freedom and once you figure it out and I'm still figuring it out I I feel like I've only reached the tip of the iceberg but once you figure out what you are and once you figure out some of your key strategies where you get your energy how you are when you're at your best what type of things that you need in order to feel good in life in order to feel in alignment um I know this sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo and it did to me too I was kind of annoyed when I first heard about it I was like oh great just another fucking horoscope that I have to read great this is absolutely monumentally mind-blowing I got my chart I don't know what it means. I haven't read it. I want to schedule someone to read my chart for me. And I'm, I've never related so wholeheartedly to, I don't even know what it's called, to a way of living in my life. Um, I genuinely think that along with the CBD has been something that has really quelled my anxiety because it's helping me learn more about why I can't be around that many people or why I... I don't do well when I like work my ass off and then do a high intensity workout. Like why do I get sick when I work so hard to try and make things happen? Um, I'm a projector, so I'm trying to learn how to wait for the invitation as opposed to just offering myself up once I wait for the invitation that I know it will be like a good use of my time. And this might sound 
irrelevant, but once you look it up, I genuinely believe that this can only be helpful for anyone who figures it out. So we're going to be talking about human design. I know that was a bit of a tangent, but again, the codes that we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, that's an amazing way to support the podcast. It means a lot. If you guys already order these products and if you use that code, it's incredibly helpful. Um, That's how one way that we monetize the podcast here. And it's one way that we can kind of consistently keep these brands interested so that we can keep growing. And as always, if you are listening on your phone, take a screenshot, share, like, that would be so incredible. It's the best way to share it. If you know of anybody who um, could benefit from any of this, let them know, even if they only subscribe. Um, Subscribing is one of the best ways to follow the podcast and help it grow. So thank you guys so much for listening. This is episode 72. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Have a happy Thursday. For Blender Bombs, the code is ELIZAG10. And for the CBD, it's CBD Social at uh, what is the code? Oh, it's Eliza G10. And you're going to need the code. It's a little pricey, but it's freaking worth it. Um, 